A honk honk, a vroom vroom to you. Stan Poggle in for Outdoor Adventures. Welcome on in to another episode. We've got a good show. Going to be chatting with Managing Editor of the Outdoor News, Rob Dreesline here, coming up for the next half hour. But first, uh, I'm just... I'm just a person on the radio. The host of the show, the star of the show, is awaiting, and that is legendary guide in freshwater fishing, Hall of Famer Chris Kudak. And since he's the host of Outdoor Adventures, I'm just going to let him take it from here. Go ahead, buddy. Oh yeah, now, now you you must got nothing to say. Now I'll be the I'll be the host. See. Well, that's the way it goes. You were talking last couple weeks. Oh, now I'm just the co-host. Oh, I want to be the host. Well, here you go. Host the show. Go ahead. Oh, no, we're we're, we're partners (laughs) half and half is what we are. Yeah. You know, know, I've been carrying you long enough. You know, we go fishing. I got to carry you. I got to carry you, you know, in a sidecar. I got to babysit you all the time. You know, it's just one of them deal. Well, I don't know. I think I did more babysitting at the last event than than you did babysitting of me. No, I went to bed early, if you remember right. I think I, I think I was pulling the wagon there, but that's beside the point. We got a lot of fun stuff to chat about and some serious stuff too. Uh, last few weeks, we've been chatting a lot about uh, changing regulations, and there's another one uh, they're talking about uh, as far as the Northern Pike regulations. You remember, I'm sure we chatted here in the past. As far as uh, the different three regions, there's kind of the northeast region, then your region up there in the central part of the state, and then the southern region, where there's three different kind of slot limits and bag limits and possession limits. Well, now Vermilion, since they incorporated this, Vermilion's actually has a little bit lighter or less stringent restrictions. So now they're trying to put those more in line to follow the latest ones they've come out with. So uh, we'll maybe even get into that a little bit too. Well, you know, I, I get it. Every, every lake is different. I mean, and you gotta, you gotta have a scrapbook or, or you know, you, they do, I guess they do put them on the accesses, some access, some, they, I mean, there's so many accesses in the state, they can't get them all, but every, every place is different. You got different slot limits on your northerns, walleyes, you know, everything's got you know, some sunfish. Some lakes have got sunfish and crappie deals. You can only take three, two, one. I mean, you're, you're, you you got to have a catalog to, to fish in the state of Minnesota. And and I had some people from from uh, Oklahoma up and friends of mine. And you know, they didn't they, they you know they didn't know that you couldn't use two lines up here. And, and I said no. I said you can only use one line. I says wintertime you can use two. Summertime, well down south you know you can use every state around you can use two lines. It'd be every you know, we got so many regulations around here. It, it's it's not, uh, uh, you know, every, everything is different. I wish they would just, you know, okay, this we, we're going to do the whole statewide. This is what it's going to be, and let's be done with it. So these people, you know, know what to do, so they don't get pinched and don't get fined. And and I see now, now I read a deal. I believe I don't know if the outdoor news had it, but uh, one of the papers. That uh, the 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 restrictions up on Lake Superior, the Coast Guard will be out checking the captains out there now because they, I'm thinking they got a lot of guys that are guiding up there without their captain's license, and that's that's going to be a big fine if they get caught guiding up there without a, without a license. Well, that's a big deal, and I know you're one of those folks that has had a captain's license for a long time, many many years, and and it is something where if you are uh, a licensed captain, and you went through that time and effort and had to learn things and run tests and get your hours behind the wheel, so to speak, for somebody else to just come out there and be basically 
whether they're maybe undercutting you a little bit because they didn't have to go through all that time and effort or, you know, they're charging the same rate as you. It, I, I can see where that would kind of start a little bit of a uh, pissing match back and forth. Well, you know, you get you get you know, you get some of these guys, the young guys, you know, mom and dad buys a nice boat and the young guy wants to be a guide and you know, he wants to go out and make some money, which I got no problem with that, but you know, you go through the get your pilot's license, go through that so you know what the marker buoys are, you know what the, your your life jackets are. I mean, it's not that big of a deal and you know, it gives you a little knowledge what's what's going on, you know, and what what the state requires and it's not that big of a deal. I mean, I've had it for years, and you know, you're you, you got to have insurance on your on your clients and your boat and this and that. A lot of these guys don't. I mean, I, they could be running into a a lot of problems if somebody gets hurt in a boat. I mean, it's you're, you got to protect yourself this day and age. And a lot of these kids. I mean, I seen a guy going out here. Oh, was it last year? And storms coming in, and I said to the kid, I said, "Where are you going?" He said, "Well, I said I got some clients. I'm going fishing." I says. And look over to the west over there. I says, you know, and, and in the in the rest bar restaurant, they got the big screen TV in there with the weather report on it. There's a big storm coming in. This kid loads its customers up in there, and he's out there for about 20 minutes, and it's lightning and pouring rain, and this guy comes flying back in. I says, well, that was a waste of time. I said, now you got your customers half scared, and you know, yeah. you could have waited an hour, and it, it, everything blew over. But yeah. you know, these, these young guys don't see that. Yeah, well, we just had that situation. I'm sure you saw the national news with the duck boat thing down in, what, Missouri, was it, I believe, where all yeah, those people yeah. drown. And and even even with regulations, even with captains and certified people, it doesn't always go the way you want because a lot of people, unfortunately, don't use the common sense rule. And, you know, they, they probably shouldn't have been out there. But, it, you know, as you know, and I work at uh, a marina too. And there's some days where you just got to tell the people, hey, you know, you hate to tell them, hey, I don't want you to go boating today. But at the same time, if you want to keep them safe, unfortunately, some people they don't realize what a 30 mile an hour wing can do on a lake. Well, no, it, it, you, you, you know, you don't want to see you don't want to see anybody get hurt. I mean, that's that's the big deal. You don't you want to see you want to go out there and have a good time. I mean, I've been running the launches for many many years. Of, you know, launches. You got a big boat, and you know it's. They're not comfortable out there, and you got you got the little kids that come with us, and, and some people. If it's windy out, they're going to get seasick, and it makes it miserable for some people. You want to go out and show them a good time and have fun, and you know, if the weather's going to be bad, you wait till the weather blows over. If you got to wait for a half hour, hour, or you cancel it and reschedule for another day. Speaking of scheduling, uh, how do people get a hold of you if they want to come up? Because it sounds like the walleyes have been doing pretty good up there. I know you've been nailing some smallies as well. So if somebody wants to come up and and uh, get a uh, earful of uh, information and uh, you know have you harass them a little bit, maybe too on the side, how do they get a hold of you? Well, they give me a call three two zero six three zero one seven six one, and I can put them, you know, get them set up on a big launch or a small boat or whatever they whatever they want to do. But the launches, I mean, we've been catching, you know, walleye bites been going great guns. The smallie bite is just unbelievable. I mean, you want to go catch some some big smallmouth, now's the time to do it. I mean, I was out this morning for three or four hours with some buddies of mine, and, and we whacked some nice ones. I mean, and it's easy fishing, and it's fun fishing. And, the, you know, we caught, I don't think we had four walleyes this morning. We were bass fishing. What the walleyes are doing with the bass, I you know, I'm sure the crayfish and the mayflies hatched here you know, last week, and 
you know, them, they're all in the same group. But I mean, we got some some really nice walleyes and some dan. We had a couple of smallies that were were a little over five pounds. So I mean, and they fight. I mean, that that is a fighting fish, and and they had a good. We had a good time. We just were out looking for spots and 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 screwing around is what we were doing, and we had fun. Sounds great. So we were going to have a good show. Our good friend Rob Dreesline going to be joining us again from the Outdoor News, and he has a lot of things. I know uh, we chatted a little bit off air, and this is something we'll get to with Rob is the passing of Howard Hanson. He was a big deal with the uh, Perm group up there, and you probably know a lot more about that, and Rob does do than, than I do myself. Uh, we're going to get to some grouse numbers, talk about Lake of the Woods regulations, also the Mille Lacs regulations. And just to throw it out there here before we go to break, Kudak, where you were saying earlier about all the different regulations and different lakes, and it seems to me that the the populations or the limits anyway continually go down. Why why not let's just get ahead of the game? Let let's just go a two fish limit, like Briggsy said, two or three fish oh, limit, be done with it. I've been saying that for a long time. You know what? You go to Malax and you look at the fishery we got on Oales right now. I've been saying it for a long time. Give the give the guys two fish. You get the revenue up here. You get people up here. You get you know the boat launches will be full again. Well, if you catch two fish, say I got you in the boat and somebody else in the boat, we catch we catch our two fish apiece. We go home. We we take our you know pull our boat out of the water and let somebody else come in and fish. I mean there there's there's lots of fish and and I did see a couple of walleyes floating there today and that's the first two I've seen all summer long. I've seen some tulipies, bunch of tulipies float. I was fishing with Ron Sheridan four or five days or three days last week there and we seen some as we were we moseyed around the lake there we seen some fish floating so we went over there and there were tulipies floating so. Yeah, there's a few tulipies. I, I mean, I did see a couple of walleyes this morning, but you know, for for the pressure that they're getting, and you know, there's not the, the guys that are fishing are mostly bass guys. I mean, you don't see a lot of walleye guys up there because you can't keep any walleyes. But you know, it's it should change. I, I'm hoping we get uh, a new politician in there, and they can work with whoever they got to work with to see if we can't get uh, you know a, a two fish limit for the winter and maybe a two fish limit for next summer. Sounds great. So we'll have plenty to talk to with our friend Rob Dreesline of the Outdoor News Managing Editor, and we'll get to him next. Lots of uh, different outdoor topics to discuss. We'll get to him next here on Outdoor Adventures. If you'd like to call in, 651-989-5855, 651-989-5855. We'll be back with Rob Dreesline of the Outdoor News coming up next. Outdoor Adventures on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130. FM 1035 and the free iHeartRadio app. More outdoor adventures here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. Just had a guy the other day call in, Kudak. In fact, last week it was. He was asking, how, how, do I, how do I listen to your show if I'm not on the road listening to the radio? And I told him about the iHeart app and walked him through it. Real simple. He's got it downloaded, and now he listens to it more on the iHeartRadio app. He, he's going to be listening to us this week, he said on there. Well, that's good because I, I I had some guys from over Wisconsin. I talked to them and they they said the same thing. And I told them how to go to our our deal and and 
and get it out. And by golly, they're they're listening to it too. So I, more and more people are are, are getting our uh, our podcast and our our, our radio. I was going to ask you, you don't happen to have an old girlfriend that lives in Germany, do you? Because I noticed on our Facebook page we have people from Germany on there. Well, it could be. You know, I can't, <laughs> I can't disclose all my secrets, but you never know. <laughs> I've heard of people getting around, but that's getting a little ridiculous. That's, I mean, that's 12-hour flight stuff there. That's a well, lot of work. You know, we got them in Texas. We got them, uh, you know, we got a lot of people listening down south. I got, you know, four or five buddies and people that I know in Texas that listen to us every weekend. Good deal. So uh, make sure you download that iHeartRadio app. You can listen to us live from 5 to 6 every Saturday. And if you miss any part of the show, you can download it for free and uh, listen to it anytime on the free iHeartRadio app. Well, without further ado, he has a lot of stuff to talk about. Our, he, he's kind of our, uh, we're, we're kind of the brawn and he's kind of the brains of the operation. Rob Dreeslein is joining us here today. He's the managing editor of the Outdoor News Publication, and he's always, always a wealth of information, and he's got plenty of stuff for us to chat about today. How are we doing, Rob? Very well. Hey, it's, it's good to hear from you guys. Uh, beautiful weekend here in, uh, in Minnesota. Yeah, we're going to have to get through this because I'm sure on a beautiful day like this, you got plenty of things to uh, chat about. But uh, where do you want to start off first? I know you had a long list of things. I know you're down at ICAST. How did that go? Very well. Yeah, the uh, that's the ICAST. You know, I don't even know what ICAST stands for, guys. It's it's the the fishing equivalent of the Shot Show, uh, which is the big shooting, hunting, outdoor trade show in Las Vegas every winter. ICAST is is the big fishing trade show that's held down at the Orange County Convention Center uh, in, uh, in Central Florida, in Orlando, uh, during you know, the hottest month of the year. Uh, but, hey, it's inside, and um, it was, it was at, the weather was actually fairly pleasant down there. It wasn't, wasn't a whole lot warmer down there than it was here. Uh, but uh, they had uh, between six and 700 exhibitors. It's a trade show. It's not a consumer show, so there's a lot of buying and selling, a lot of dealers uh, from around the country, a lot of media. And uh, I'd say it was real positive. It was the biggest ICAST show ever. It's been four years since I'd been there, and um, and it was it was it was bigger. The booth seemed more professional. It just seemed like uh, the fishing industry's on a, on a nice upswing. And you know, I was there last year, and, and you know, they got everything under one roof. And I mean, it's a it's a fun show. But when I was there, it was so hot that you you didn't want you didn't want to go anywhere but right to your air conditioned room because it was miserable down there. Yeah, yeah, they uh, you know they've got some walkways. They don't have skyways. <laughs> yeah, let's face it, they they don't have winter down there. But uh, you know the, the evenings were all right. We walked uh, to dinner a couple nights, and it was uh, you know a- after seven thirty or so, it was it was tolerable. So, uh, and we had that that hot weather here a couple weeks ago, and so uh, we we were dealing with it with it here too. Is there anything in particular, anything uh, groundbreaking that? you notice down there or is it just kind of more of the same uh kind of improvements to things well i i would say mostly there's a lot of improvements um there's there were a couple of reels that that caught my eye uh, shimano's new uh corrado dc pretty impressive they got a computer chip in there it's a bait casting reel it supposedly measures the the rate at which uh the spool is spinning a thousand times per what? second and adjusts a thousand times per second so that it if it if if it perceives it, the line going out too fast it it'll adjust and prevent a backlash so you know they're they're kind of touting it as one of the first backlash free 
uh, reels. I don't think it's completely backlash-free. Let's face it, there's <laughs> always going to be some human error. Yeah. But, you know, bass fishing is expanding uh, into this part of the country even more, and I think uh, this reel is going to introduce a lot of new anglers to, to bait casters. How much did it cost, Rod? Well, <laughs> you know what? They say it's a $500 reel that they're selling for $250. It's $500 <laughs> worth of technology for 250 bucks. <laughs> I understand a lot of people out there going, wow, but you can spend a whole lot more than $250. Uh, I think, uh, you know, if people test a lot of different reels, so you might be surprised how many folks are willing to spend that much uh, on a reel like that. Uh, you know, the kayak thing continues. Uh, there's uh, there's a lot of kayak uh, dealers, uh, manufacturers selling kayaks. And then the electronics thing continues to explode, you guys. Uh, and it really seems like Garmin is coming on strong. They've got this, uh, what are they called, Panoptics. Panoptics, yeah. That uh, is pretty amazing. Man, I, I got to think a lot of ice fishermen are going to start uh, employing that uh, up in this part of the world. Um, so, uh, yeah, electronics, it never ceases to amaze me how they come up with new ideas. Well, Garmin, Garmin's been on Malax now for over a week and a half. You know, they 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 own Navionics now. They bought they required Navionics here a couple of years ago, and they had five boats out there remapping Malax for the last five six days. Wow. Yeah. So, so I mean, and and you know, and you look at these boats, and I'm thinking, man, I don't know if I'd want to get. They're they're big, huge John boats with cabs on them, and on windy days, they they didn't dare go out. I mean, we'd go out with the you know, go off with fishing boats, but they weren't taking them boats out. But I'll tell you what, them guys were. They started at uh, they were staying at Terry's Boat Harbor, and two or three of them would go to the north end, and two or three start in the middle, and they would just back and forth all day long. You know, I, I made a quick point in my column that, I mean, when I was a kid in the mid-'80s, you know, ice fishing and open water fishing and, you know, kind of messing around with graphs, to think how far that technology has come in, in this time. But today's kids, you don't know how good you got it. I'm telling you, it's incredible, this technology, and how affordable it's become, too. Well, I fished with Cher for three, four days last week, and, and we were talking about the, you know, the, the locators and – you know, we went to a few spots, and I says, "Ah, well, I will. I don't need that." I says, "You know, he we used his boat, and I didn't have nothing marked." And I pulled up to a. He goes, "How do you do that?" I go, "See that rock? See that tip there, and that point there, and that antenna right there?" And I've done it with Les Meister before, and he just shakes his head. I says, "You've been doing it as long as I have. You got your landmarks." I says, "If they ever move that tree or, or move that rock, I'm in big <laughs> trouble because it'll, it'll take me a little longer to get it." But you know, could could you imagine? And I, we were, me and Cher were talking, if they said, all right, you're going to go fish a tournament, and that's all you have is a flasher and a compass. <laughs> There'd be a lot well, of uh, pro anglers going out of, out of pro angling, I'm guessing. Yeah, it would well, be. Uh... And then back when we started fishing tournaments back in the old days, you know, we had a 35 horse, and we thought that was a big tiller motor on a 16-foot boat with aluminum seats. You know, you had Roach and, and, you know, Randy Amarud and all them guys. And then we went to the 50 horse. And then, boy, we thought we were the top dogs, you know. And now look at, now they're coming out with the 400. I think Yamaha come out with the 450 motor. Right. Where's yeah, it going to quit? I, I don't know, man. I, you know, what, what, what's, the, what's the extent that, that humans can, can handle, uh, you know, how fast can they go on the water, right, before they start to feel like an astronaut? I, I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely uh, changing as the days go by. So that sounds like it was a fun trip down there in Florida for ICAST. Uh, did you get any beach time down there? <laughs> I did not. You know what? We flew in uh, the Tuesday evening, did uh, 48 hours pretty hardcore, 
uh, at the show and, and flew back. So no, I didn't. I didn't get to the coast. Didn't get on the water or anything. Uh, I'm hoping to uh, to maybe do that uh, this winter. Uh, spend some some time on the water down there. Sure. Well, let's uh, move on to the next thing. We're chatting with Rob Dreesline, managing editor of the Outdoor News publication, and. Uh, uh, unfortunately, we had a passing uh, Howard Hansen here in the past few weeks, and and I know you and Kudak know a lot more about the man than than I ever will. So uh, we'll just let you uh, kind of go here, Rob, and uh, kind of uh, inform the listeners what he what he meant to the industry, what he did, and what he stood for. Well, yeah, I, you know Howard, I I didn't know him real well. Maybe, maybe Chris knew him better than I did. I, I met him I probably at least a half dozen or a dozen times over the years. Uh, I believe he was—he uh, had a photography business, film developing business. That's how he, he made his money. But he got—you know—he got involved in, in monitoring some of these treaty rights battles, and uh, you know, uh, worked very hard to bring uh, you know some of these concerns about natural resources, what what these treaty right battles meant for natural resources, to the you know to the to the general public. And uh, he was an important source uh, for outdoor news as we were reporting on these issues over the years. I, I believe he, uh, he even got involved in politics a little bit. Uh, he, uh, he worked with Linda Eno when, uh, when she ran for, uh, for the governor. What was that, Chris, eight years ago, something like that? Yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, Howard was, was always the guy who was willing to, um, you know, offer a quote and, and, and did a lot of research and provide information to the media and the general public about, hey, this is what some of these treaty rights battles could mean on the ground uh, or on the water uh, for, uh, for sportsmen. And, and he was involved with the perm. I mean, he, him and perm were were back to back. I I know he he had a lot of my friends at uh, Snap Printing and Hopkins. He was a regular there, getting getting stuff printed and doing this and that to let people know what's going on. And Howard's going to be very very missed. He was a, a very good. I you know I met him a well, half dozen dozen times, and he was a, a very sincere man. And and. He wanted people to know what what's going on in in, in the you know the fishing the outdoor industry. Yeah, exactly. I, he was eighty three, I believe. I didn't realize he was that old. Uh, led a you know a big, full, uh, exciting, all American original life, and uh, so rest in peace, uh, Mr. Hanson. We are chatting with Rob Dreesline of the Outdoor News here on Outdoor Adventures. If you have a question for him or a comment, you can call us up six five one nine eight nine five eight five five. Still ahead, we got a chat to him about the fancy new Bell Museum happening. Also, uh, some reports on grouse numbers. That's looking like they're down a bit. And we'll chat a little bit about uh, regulations as well as far as it goes with hunting and fishing when we come back for the second half of Outdoor Adventures here on Twin Cities News Talk. Disaster every week here on Outdoor Adventures. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Stan Poggle, and as always, joined by my co-host, well, host. What am I talking about? He's the host of the show now, Chris Kudak. Yeah, you got it right that time, Stan. Gosh, dang it! I got to catch myself again. Well, before we go, I'm just going to put you on hold for just a second, Kudak, because we have a uh, caller here, and I can unfortunately have three people on at once. So let's make sure we do this without uh, dropping our guest, uh, Rob Dreesline. But uh, let's go to uh, George. He's calling in. Go ahead, George. Hey, Rob, I'd just like to give you a thank with all the sportsmen around the state of Minnesota. I you a thank you for keeping the politicians' feet on the, uh, on, on the fire for trying to, it seems like whoever's in power 
tries to go after that Lassard Sam's money. And like I say, we uh, we really owe you, uh, like I say, a debt for trying to keep that in everybody's mind. So. Well, um, can you still hear me? I presume you can. Um, I, I really appreciate that. No, I, I certainly hear about it uh, from, from folks who think uh, we criticize their favorite politician too often. So uh, it's nice to hear a comment like that. And uh, I, I just would point out August 18th at Game Fair, we're hoping to have the two uh, gubernatorial candidates who win their respective primary uh, do a debate. Uh, I believe it's going to be at 1 o'clock at Game Fair. Uh, myself and Ron Shera are going to emcee it. And one of the questions is going to be, hey, are you guys going to, whoever we elect, are you going to respect the integrity of that Lassard Sam's council, their, their recommendations? So, uh, we, we, you know, we got Dayton on record on that eight years ago. We want to make sure we get whoever the next governor is on record here uh, next month. Just one last thing. Like I say, I still like to refer to uh, loose domestic cats. I, I stole it from you back in your ears on the fan outdoors as ditch cougars. And that's it. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I'm trying to remember where I picked that term up, but it, uh, I like it. It's it stuck with a lot of people. Yeah, good. Oh, uh, that is that good. Comment. Well, that's that, just if you're still listening, George. That's that's why we have Rob on. You know, they you're only as smart as your friends are sometimes. So that's why we have Rob on the show because he's definitely a wealth of information. But uh, let's continue on, Rob. Uh, we uh, did a little bit on the iCast, also the passing of Howard Hansen. But uh, I wanted to get into this. Speaking of politics. There's been a lot of chat lately of, you know, tariffs and extra taxes and whether we can dig or drill or whatever. So there's been a lot of talk over the past years as far as mining up in the boundary waters. What's the latest on that? Well, you know, it's this this thing's going to go on for years. There was one little news note this week. Uh, Tom Emmer, the uh, congressman here from Central Minnesota, he well, and and Nolan, the Democrat from from the Northeast, they had they had co-authored an amendment to that was it the Interior Budget Bill, I believe that um, you know was was uh, going to prevent a. Oh, you know, you get into there's so much minutia here, but it, I believe it was going to prevent uh, you know. Uh, I, I, I apologize. Anyway, all I know is that he did not attach the amendment. Emmer said that uh, the reason he didn't was because the, the Trump administration is, is pushing forward on allowing mining anyway, so the amendment was obsolete. The folks who are against mining up there, the, the sportsmen from the, for the Boundary Waters, they were, they were glad to see Emmer drop this. I, I, I encourage folks to read this week's outdoor news to understand all the minutiae of why, why he, he removed that, but, uh, but that was the latest wrinkle in, in that debate. And, Rob, what do you think about these two that are running for governor now and their running mates? They're one's from the Red Lake Nation, and I don't know where the other one is from. But this should be an interesting deal here because I know they have a – they got a deal here up at McCoy's for – I don't know what one it is, but they they got uh, one of them coming up there. And it's, it should be interesting to see where where this goes with them. Yeah, you know, truth be told, I haven't really dug into the the details with with all these candidates so far. Uh, you know, I, there's so many out there right now that until you get to the primary, which I believe is August 14th, yep. that's when I really drill into it. Uh, you know, I'll say that there's there's a couple, uh, you know, reasonably strong looking candidates out there. I think to this Tim Walls, uh, you know, it understands sportsman's issues on on the Democratic side. Jeff Johnson on, on the gubernatorial on the Republican side was uh, he was at the outdoor news deer and turkey classic so he's trying to reach out to sportsmen so uh, you know I'd encourage folks to really delve into the details with all these candidates uh, and, and vote in that primary 
Yeah, and that actually, Kudak, it's going to be Jeff Johnson. Uh, his running mate is from the uh, Red Lake Nation, and then I think it's Tim Waltz. His running mate is uh, from the White Earth Nation. But uh, that McCoy's meeting, that is coming up Friday night. Uh, I want to say 6 to 9, but I could be mistaken. But you can find just Google it on, on the Internet. But uh, they're having a big uh, town hall, supposedly, with uh, Jeff Johnson, one of the candidates for uh, – governor here in the state of minnesota and he's going to be answering questions as well of course you both know as far as what's going on up there a lot of uh a lot of uh opinions and hot opinions on both sides of the aisle so uh he's supposedly going to be taking some questions and answer, trying to answer them from the citizens there up there so if you ever want a time to you know we hear it all the time rob where people you know and i have friends too they're always you know whining about this or whining about that but they never will go straight to the person and tell them you know they just talk them out and amongst friends so if you really want something to happen this is a good thing to check out yeah absolutely yes stop venting on social media and actually talk to these people face to face and uh, i would just add again that uh, october 18th debate we're going to do a game for it. there will be a question about malax too i promise and that was what well, I was going to go ahead I, I i might even have to i was with your all last week so i uh, I might even have to come down there for that one and see if I could get my two cents in. Yeah, no, it would be good to have you, Chris. We'd love to have you. Just don't stop at the local pub on the way there. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, but... you, n- you never know. <laughs> get you all fired up. That was one other thing before we let you go here, Rob. I wanted to ask you about, too, um, just as far as sportsmen in general in Congress, from what I – and I don't know where – I can't even remember where I read this or saw it, but – I. From what I remember, it's like 15 to 20 percent of our Congress people are actual sportsmen, and that may be being generous. So how do we how, how do we trust they're going to do the right thing for us when they don't even know the difference between a 12-gauge and a rifle? Wow, there's a lot there, Stan. Um, I've got a friend named Steve Klein. He's a lobbyist for the Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership in D.C. He's one of our best assets, I think, in, in, uh, in Washington, and you know, I, I went and interviewed him a couple of years ago, and, and I'd like to say that Steve's my favorite Republican. He's, uh, you know, very bright guy, you know, but very pro-conservation. Uh, and I said, you know, what, what can we do? I basically asked the same question that you just asked, and he said, we need more sportsmen in Washington. I suspect that 15 to 20 percent number that you, that you have there, Stan, is very generous. That, yep. that probably includes guys that, you know, maybe just bought a fishing license and went fishing once in the past year. Sure. Um, you know, in terms in terms of guys or gals who actually go out and recreationally shoot, or you know, are devote several days or a week to hunting, I, I bet it's low single digits. Yeah. Uh, and you know, one reason is yeah, a lot of sportsmen talk a good game about our issues, but when they go into the ballot box, it's not it's not necessarily conservation or natural resources or sportsmen's issues that they're thinking about, and that boggles my mind because that's all I think about when I vote. Uh, I think I'm I'm the weirdo. I'm probably the anomaly there. But I think we need more people out there to put their vote where their mouth is and get behind these issues when they when they support or don't support a candidate. Yeah, you're exactly right. Because you, you you get a lot of these guys they they go in there and they're they're thinking about something else besides you know the the hunting and the fishing and the and the sportsman's rights. Exactly. Yeah, they're they're mad about their taxes. They're mad about their health care, and, and those are important issues. Uh, you know, I, at the same time, I think we we got a pretty high standard of living in this country compared to most of the rest of the world. 
Uh, and I, I'd like to kind of keep it that way. And, and it's, uh, a key part of that for me is, is the recreational opportunities we have in this country. Yeah, and they well, call uh, it, they call us greenies sometimes, you know, oh, save the trees or save the waters. But at the same time, you can't beat Mother Nature when it comes to uh, just just all naturalness and beauty. And once it's gone, it's gone. And unfortunately, you're never going to bring it back. So uh, I, I'm a firm believer, you know, we have to try to preserve as much as we can as as often as we can. Amen. Yeah, you know, we need a working landscape, but there's so many things we can do, in my opinion, to have both, and we just need leaders who think that way. I'd like to I'd like to see them open up about five casinos in this state and take the funding from them casinos to bring back to our taxes and our natural resources, our state parks, our fishing, you know, go to the DNR or whatever, but you know, we got we got casinos now. You know, we're not getting any money out of that. The government government's got grants for them, and why could why can't we do it to pay our taxes and you know do a do our our outdoor thing, you know, to, for for our parks and our roads and, and to take our you know supplement our taxes. Just think of the people you can put back to work. I'll try to condense all that down into a question for Game Fair, Chris. It's <laughs> a lot there. Sounds well, good. if you if you think about it, Rob. You know, you know, I'd like to have you come up here one day, and we could go for a little ride, and I could, I could enlighten you. That's so we'll we'll talk about this, you know, privately. But I'd like to take you for a little ride and show you what's going on, and we could have a little talk, and you'd be, you'd just shake your head. You wouldn't no, believe it. I know, I know. I've been up there before, but I'd still like to take you up on that offer, Chris. That sounds good. Yeah. Well, would you ever get up this way? You let me know. We'll go for a little. We'll go for a little ride. All right. <laughs> yeah, I think I might come with on that one because yeah. that does sound like a fun ride. Uh, real quickly, we're running a little bit short on time here, Rob. We want to get you going and let you enjoy the great day out there. But uh, before we go, um, grouse numbers, hit us with that quickly. Yeah, you know, the the specific numbers here in Minnesota, I'd ask folks to, to check out the latest issue of Outdoor News. They're down pretty much region-wide. Uh, I, I want to say is it 20 30% from last year. You know, last year was surprised us when we got the counts this you know, last spring. I was going to say last year was a real good year from what I understand. Well, the, the, going into it, we thought we were going to have a really good year. The actual hunting wasn't that good. You know, I went out a couple times in, in northeast Minnesota. There were a lot of reports like, where are all these birds we thought we were getting? Uh, so the actual hunting wasn't as good as the forecast. Uh, this year, the forecast maybe is more in line with what people saw last fall. Uh, we'll see how the actual hunting goes. Uh, kind of looming out there is West Nile virus. You know, Outdoor News, we've got papers in, in uh, you know, seven states going all the way out to New York. And this West Nile thing, they're really watching it closely in Pennsylvania. Our Wisconsin papers reporting a lot on it. Uh, Minnesota, we're looking at it more now. We're wondering, did this West Nile virus perhaps hit a lot of the young of the year birds last year? So we saw the birds in the spring count. They didn't show up in the fall, uh, the, the fall bag. Uh, is this West Nile virus playing a role here? Interesting stuff. I would have to think it has because I I did see a lot of grouse during deer hunting season last year. We don't hunt grouse where we deer hunt, but I I seen more grouse probably last year than than I've seen in four or five years over where I hunt. The forecast suggested it was going to be one of the you know top five years in the past you know five decades. It was like whoa, uh, this looks really good. But and it was a decent year statewide, but there were a lot of areas where. You know, expected more birds than we actually saw. Well, and how much of that too is you know we talk a lot about it with the with the fish populations and they do estimates and they you know they net a few here or they tag a few there and out here I the way I understand it is they go out and take drum counts 
Well, I'm guessing depending on whether it's raining out or not raining out, whether it's hot or whether it's cool, whether it's a warm spring or a cool fall, you know, there's lots of different factors I would think that would affect that just from the outside looking in. Am I wrong there? Or? Well, well, there could be some environmental factors, I guess, that could influence it. The, the only thing I would say, Stan, is they've been doing it a long time. They've been doing these surveys for you know, 75, 80 years. And every year they do it, they try to make adjustments. They try to, they try to tune up the algorithm, the formula for, for figuring out the number of birds to adjust for some of those environmental factors. So I, I tend to think, like I say, this, this algorithm formula is pretty tight. Um, but maybe it, it, it can't, it's not ready to adjust for something new like West Nile virus. So how do people get a hold of you, Rob, and how do people get uh, signed up for the Outdoor News publication? Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, anyone can email me anytime. Uh, my email is editor at outdoornews.com, or uh, check us out online, outdoornews.com, or uh, you know, visit us. Visit our booth at Game Fair or the State Fair. Uh, just subscribe at the uh, at the either of those events, you get a free cap. So stop by and say hi to the staff and, and get a free cap if you subscribe to the show. Always a pleasure to have you on, Rob Driesline of the Outdoor News. Thanks again for all your uh, knowledge and information today. That was a lot of fun. Anytime, guys. Sounds great. Take care. Take it easy. That is uh, Rob Driesline, Managing Editor of the Outdoor News. You can check him out at OutdoorNews.com. We've got one more segment to wrap things up here on Outdoor Adventures. Anything you'd like to pipe into the conversation, feel free to give us a shout, 651-989-5855, 651-989-5855. We'll wrap up Outdoor Adventures coming up next. One final segment of Outdoor Adventures here on Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, FM 103.5, and the free iHeartRadio app. I always wish I could talk with a guitar like that, Kudak. Yeah, you got to be like the old Ted Nugent. He could be, or, or Jimi Hendrix back in the day. That's yep. probably a little before your time. Yeah, well, Steve Vai, he isn't too bad himself if you've ever listened to him. But uh, anyway... One final segment here. Uh, don't forget to get that iHeartRadio app. You can download and listen to our shows anytime. Just search Outdoor Adventures on there if you already have it. And click the follow button. We would definitely appreciate that. Uh, Kudak, to wrap things up, plenty of things happening. we got the Hot Rod Show down at the fairgrounds uh, with the classic cars. Also, there's the uh, fancy cars. I heard they have a car there. It's in, uh, I think it's Excelsior, Wyzetta, one of the two, but uh, the... I don't know, it's some French word, tour d'elegance, or something like that. But anyway, uh, that's going on tomorrow, I believe. And they have some car there I heard it was worth like three, four million bucks. That's yeah, insanity. Yeah. They, you know, it's, it's this time of year. They got a lot of the garrison play days is going on this weekend. We got deal going on here in town. Uh, lots of car shows. The, uh, the big races over in, in um Ogilvy at the race, the circle track over there. I guess they got something going on there tonight. So, I mean, you know, this time of year, it's uh, there's always something going on. I mean, they got, uh, you get on the, you know, the internet, I guess, and you can punch up stuff and all these events come up and, you know, it's kind of neat to go to the car show. They even think they got a big drag race going on up at Brainerd. It's either this weekend or next weekend. 
Yeah, there's definitely plenty of that to be had. Uh, another thing I wanted to chat about, and we got into it a little bit here at the beginning of the show, but don't have a whole lot of time to chat about it. But, you know, we've been talking a lot in the last few shows as far as, you know, okay, why can't we keep a fish on Mille Lacs? Why are they lowering limits on Lake of the Woods? Why are they changing it here? Why are they changing it there? And I was kind of thinking, you know, why not? And Briggsy, our guest last week from Lake of the Woods, he said it, you know, how many of us can really eat three, four, five, six walleye? You know, so why not Why not just drop it down to, say, two fish a day or maybe even three and be done with it instead of continually changing it? Every time you go fishing, you know, one year it's, okay, it's one, like Malax that one time it was, you know, two fish between 20 and 22 or something. It's like, well, it's not even worth the risk if you only got a half an inch of leeway on each side, you know. So why not well, just I make hit. it a couple couple fish across the lakes and these lakes that are really bountiful with fish, they continually stay bountiful. And the ones that aren't so bountiful, maybe they'll come back a little bit more and, and have a little more production. Hey, well, and it, you know, you got to deal... You look at it, you catch two fish, and you, you take your two fish, and most people will throw the big ones back and keep the smaller ones, you know, eaters, two-pounders, three-pounders. You know, let, let the big ones go back. Unless the big one's bleeding and it ain't going to make it, yeah, then you take the fish with you. You know, you don't waste it. I mean, and, and you know, you'll bring revenue back to the, the bait stores and the resorts. I mean, these poor guys at the bait store, I tell everybody, you know, stop in and see Bill Lundin or stop in at Tutsis or, you know, Instead of going to the you know the, the boat launches, go over to see Terry and launch your boat there. You know, give these guys some help. I mean, get, book a book a launch trip. Get your family up there, book a launch trip, have a good time. I mean, we're catching fish, we're having a good time. Help these guys out until this gets done. I mean, well, that's what I'm saying though. Maybe we wouldn't have been in this situation if we would have just said, hey, you know, instead of six fish, I know it's been like that forever, and yeah, there's going to be a lot of disappointed fishermen out there that they can't keep as many as they used to but at the same time there's there's lots of things that uh, aren't what they used to be well and you know i see a lot of these guys that are i talked to some guys who were bass fishing the other day and they were going walleye fishing they were pulling crankbaits and they were doing this and you know they had guide trips i think and they were you know the fish are biting i mean and these these people that are coming up they just want to go out and catch a big fish take a picture of it throw it back and that's the thing too why not, you know, I've been, unfortunately, I missed the, the big run back in the heyday when, you know, your guys were catching all those keepers and you actually got to keep six fish up there at Mille Lacs. But I've been up to Mille Lacs many times here over the last couple, three years. And the reason I go there, one, it's close to the cities. Two, I know I'm going to catch fish. And even if I can't catch them as an angler, I would rather go up there where there's not, eight billion people running around and you can actually sit and fish in a little bit of peace and quiet and catch you know 10 fish even though i can't keep any of them it's it's the fact that it's fun to catch them sometimes too and 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 that's part of it too i think there's a lot of people that are out there well i have to get something to eat well that's true but at the same time there's a lot of fun in just catching fish too like minnetonka for example you know i i love the lake but at the same time, if you're out there trying to uh, survive and uh, catch your meal, uh, you're going to be starving quite often. So, you know, sometimes it's just catching the fish, not not taking them home. 
Well, yeah, it's it. And I mean, the, the bass are, are they're such a fight fighting little machine. I mean, they're fun to catch walleyes. You know, we catching walleyes right with them. I mean, I could go out to the mud right now and catch five, six pound walleyes all day long. I mean, there's plenty of fish there, and it's just it's fun to catch them. But I, I got you know, these people now are you know, there's a lot of them that want to keep. You know, they won't come there because they can't take fish home. But then again, there's a lot of them that will come just to go out there and catch fish and have fun because it's it's a fishery. I mean, it's it, there's fish there. And, and uh, you know, I'm hoping that we'll get our, our, our guy in the studio next week, uh, what's his name there, and we'll, we'll have a little discussion with him about the, about the fishery there and see what he thinks. Yeah, well, next week, folks, we may be having Jeff Johnson, one of the gubernatorial candidates for governor, so we're going to kind of have a big wheel in here. That should be really interesting with our uh, wide-open flappers, Kudak. Well, if he comes in studio, I I will be driving down Saturday to go in studio, and we will, I will I got some questions to ask him and and see if he can give me some answers. I'd like to know why why the casino and the employees are government subsidized, they're government funded. Gotcha. You know, I thought they were a sovereign nation and they were doing this, but you know, as, as more and more I talk to some people up there that work at the casino that are you know working there. I find out now that, uh, you know, they're getting government uh, subsidized. Yep. Well, we got a roll, buddy. That is host and legendary guide and freshwater fishing Hall of Famer Chris Kudak. I'm Stan Pago. Make sure, if you like arguments, check out Black Republican, Black Democrat. Coming up next on Twin Cities News Talk. (laughs) 